great things are happening at FaithFi, and we wanted to take a moment to share. Your support allows us to continue producing the Faith and Finance radio show and podcast. We reach millions of weekly listeners with relevant and timely new content that answers financial questions from a biblical perspective. Additionally, with your help, we are launching a brand new Bible study series in 2024 that will guide people through an incredible journey of what God's Word says about money and possessions. These studies will both challenge and encourage readers to fully see the role money plays in their lives and grow in their relationship with Jesus. As we look forward to 2024, FaithFi would like to invite you to join us as we create a movement of faithful stewards who love God, love their neighbor, and make wise decisions with the money God has entrusted to them. Please consider sending a financial gift before December 31st to support our expanding outreach. Simply go to faithfi.com and click give. Now, on to the podcast. There are plenty of Christian retirement plans out there, but is retirement itself actually biblical? Hi, I'm Rob West. The answer depends on your definition of retirement. And for Christians, that should be quite different from the world's view of retirement. I'll talk about that first today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. So the world has plenty of expressions for retirement. The golden years, hanging up the cleats and getting the gold watch. Also, sitting back in your rocking chair. The world's idea of retirement is saving as much as you can so that someday you can simply stop working. The world sees work as a negative thing, toiling for years under a mean boss so that one day you have enough cash to kiss work goodbye. But that is absolutely not a biblical view of work or retirement. God is our true boss. Colossians 3 tells us, Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Work predated the fall. The Lord put Adam to work in the Garden of Eden, and nowhere does the Bible say we can quit our service to Him when we have enough money saved up to live a life of leisure. Further, God himself is a worker. In John 5, 17, Jesus says, My Father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Interestingly, the Bible actually does address retirement one time, but in a very narrow circumstance. Regarding the Levitical priests, Numbers 8, 24, and 25 reads, From 25 years old and upward they shall enter to perform service in the work of the tent of meeting. But at the age of 50 years they shall retire and not work any more. God's Word doesn't tell us why they were to stop their labors, but one thing we can be pretty sure of, that passage doesn't apply to us. So how should Christians today think about retirement? Well, I think it's helpful to realize that the world's view of retirement, that is, ceasing all work, is a fairly modern concept. Before the 20th century, people generally worked as long as they could. Then along came Social Security and pensions, and retiring at age 65 came to be seen as an entitlement. But as Christians, our service to the Lord never ends. The Apostle John was still writing and preaching in his 90s. Second century pastor Polycarp testified that he'd served the Lord 80 and 6 years as he was being martyred. 
those are two excellent role models for how we should view retirement. By now, though, you're probably thinking, well, why are we saving all this money then if we're not supposed to retire? Well, the simple answer is because it's prudent and a wise use of God's resources. People are living longer now than in previous generations. Many of us will reach a point where we are physically unable to work or work as many hours as we can now. We have to prepare for that. Proverbs 21.20 says, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Of course, that's prudent for everyone, believer and non-believer. But as Christians, ideally, we want to save for the day when we can increase our service to God. Think of it as retiring to something, not just from something. A good example might be a business person who retires and then goes into the mission field or finds another calling to serve God. Or it could be your lifelong investing gives you resources later in life to give more generously. The more you have saved from the resources God has entrusted to you, the more time and treasure you can give back to further His kingdom. So here at Faith and Finance, when we use the word retirement, we're definitely not talking about ceasing all work. Our goal is to help people be faithful stewards of God's money so that one day they can serve Him more fully. The bottom line is, it's prudent and entirely biblical to save for the day when you can no longer work as diligently as you do now, but knowing that in some capacity, you want to serve the Lord as long as you can. So, start saving for so-called retirement as early as you can to achieve the benefit of compound earnings. We recommend putting away 10 to 15% of your income. Do this in a tax-advantaged retirement plan like a 401k if your employer provides one, taking full advantage of matching contributions if they're available. If your employer doesn't offer a 401k, well, open a traditional Roth IRA. That way, you'll be prepared for whatever the future brings. And keep in mind, the longer you have before retirement, the more likely you are to benefit from choosing a Roth over a traditional IRA. All right, your calls are next. I'm Rob West, and we'll be right back. Stick around. We are grateful for support from LightPoint Portfolios, which seeks out family and faith-friendly investments for 401k and 403b plans, integrating faith values and fiduciary duty. LightPoint Portfolios offers retirement plans for a variety of organizations such as businesses, nonprofits, and churches. And we're grateful for their sponsorship of the Faith and Finance Program. More information is available at lightpointportfolios.com. Are you searching for a way to become a better, faithful steward of the resources that God has given you? Well, download the FaithFi app and join the 37,000 others who are already using our app. The FaithFi app will provide you with wisdom, community, and simply help you stay on track with your finances. We have three money management options to choose from, so find an option that fits your unique needs. It's available on desktop or mobile. Simply go to faithfi.com and click App to get started. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. All the lines are full, so let's head right back to the phones. We'll go to Kay in Akron, Ohio. Kay, thanks for your patience. Go right ahead. Hi. Uh, I have a, I'll just try and be succinct here. So I've been um, convicted. We, we have quite a bit of money to work with, and um, 
this is my my second marriage, and so uh, in my first marriage, we went through the debt management and uh, got rid of all the credit card debt. And so in this marriage, we haven't we've tried really not to use credit cards, um, but I've gotten some bad health diagnoses, and I get therapy from going out and just shopping and being by myself, and I often get things for other people, and sometimes I don't care what I spend, <laughs> and yeah. then that makes it hard on my husband. Um, I'm making the six figures, so in a way, he you know, wants to let me do what I want to do, if that's what I'm, like, how I'm dealing with my, uh, my health and my emotions, but, um, I know it, I know it's hard and we donate it, you know, we tithe and we donate things because we do have the extra. Um, and, and I, I, we're very loose with our money, but maybe a little too loose, um, where we, we just try and use it where we feel led. But then the second part of the question is, um, my mom sold her house and is trying to try some different things. And so I'm traveling a lot with her this summer. So I'm trying to be convicted to save money. I'm traveling with her to Florida a couple times, up to Maine. I'm going to Las Vegas, and I'm going to Gatlinburg. Um, and so, how do is 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 it fair? Because I'm going with her for her benefit. I like she wants to go to Florida to see if she can stay down there in the summer. It, how do you? How do you manage that if if your difficulty is being a good steward with your money, yeah. then how do you manage that when you're helping some you know it seems like I'm doing good things with it, but yeah. because I'm still feeling convicted, I sense I still have more work to do, and so I know the answers, but what if you know the information but you're not doing the information <laughs> yeah yeah no i I hear you and uh, first of all, I think I'm delighted to hear that you're kind of acknowledging this and putting it out there because I have, it seems like the Holy Spirit is really convicting you of some areas, just like we all have, uh, that you need to, you know, really take a look at and surrender to the Lord. Uh, you know, after we surrender our lives to Jesus, it's about stewardship of everything He's entrusted to us, our time, our talents, our relationships, His Word, uh, but also His resources, because you have to realize that every spending decision is ultimately a spiritual decision because God owns it all. And I think one of the beginning points is once you surrender your life to him, recognizing that everything belongs to him. Psalm 24, one says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So you and I have this really high calling that we've been uh, given, and that is a money manager of the King of Kings. And so this is not your money in the first place. It's not my money. And so we need to look at it through that lens, Kay. And I think perhaps that's the starting place. And then I think secondly, we have to do everything in the context of a plan, a well-thought-out plan, and really say, God, why have you entrusted to me whatever I have in my care, and what does it look like for me to be a faithful steward of those resources so I can live in obedience and faithfulness and surrender to you, not find my value and my worth in the things of this world, not get drawn into the comparison trap, um, but really keep God in the center of your life and allow money to be a tool to accomplish his purposes, and the extent to which you're living beyond uh, his provision, or you're not being a careful steward of what he's entrusted to you, especially when he's entrusted you with much. God entrusts assets to us for a purpose, you know, and so if he's entrusted to you significant wealth, which, you know, just your salary alone be 
being six figures on top of your husband's, I mean, you all have a lot of money flowing through your home. Well, the question is, for what purpose? It's not a matter of the, you know, being wealthy or having a lot of resources. It's not a matter of that being wrong or being a sin, but I think it is wrong when we say, okay, Lord, um, you know, you've entrusted this to me, but I'm not going to take the next step to ask why and what would you have me to do with it? And I think that's in, incumbent upon each of us to be on our knees before the Lord saying, Lord, what does it look like for me to be a responsible manager of what you've given, you've given to me? What lifestyle should I, am I called to? How much should I give away? How much should I keep? You know, we need to be thinking in, uh, about all of these things. And then you need to lay that on top of just kind of what's going on in your life. Because here's the reality. I mean, we we kind of often will joke tongue in cheek about retail therapy. And yet, you know, there's there's something real to that in the sense that that can trip over into an addiction and become a compulsive behavior. It's a a, a compulsive buying disorder where you're spending significant time on shopping and spending money, uh, you know, because it's alleviating anxiety or helping you to feel more in control or, uh, you know, if it, it tends to affect your mood. And so I think, you know, being able to acknowledge what that is and then getting help from a godly counselor who can maybe help you work through that because money issues really are symptomatic of really spiritual issues below the waterline, if you will. So being able to address those, starting with how was money handled growing up and how has God wired you and what's going on in the rest of your life, both spiritually and, you know, emotionally, and how is money and the manifestation of how you're handling money really symptomatic or shining a light on what might need to be dealt with below the surface and being honest about that, maybe with a Christian counselor. And then as you work through that, not only having a plan, you and your husband sitting down and saying, okay, based on our values as believers, how should we take whatever God entrusts to us, however little or much, and use that for his glory and for his purposes according to what he's called us to? And then beyond that, having some accountability. And if it's not enough to have just the accountability with one another, because as you said, he's kind of looking at this like, okay, I mean, you're earning a lot of money, so I'm just kind of let you do what you want. Maybe it's a third party, either a, a certified Christian financial counselor, like we could connect you with here, or a certified kingdom advisor who could really ask the hard questions. So you all you know, somebody else is holding you accountable to what you've said is important to you as you establish your goals and your priorities. So I've thrown a lot at you there, Kay. Give me your thoughts on that. (laughs) You know, I I definitely, and I am seeing a counselor, so I, like I said, I'm kind of moving through the motions of, you know, trying to get the help, but um, we, we have a very nice house we've been blessed with, but we bought it for others to live in, like uh, parents, and so um, both my in-law and my mother just moved, you know, the two of them just moved in. <laughs> um, and so that feels good. Like I can yeah. tell when I'm doing something that's of service and yes. we want to have people in for, you know, like a Bible study or something. So yeah. I, I can tell when it feels right. And I can tell when it feels wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, yes. I think it is, I think it's just recognizing, and that's why I wanted to call because I think a lot of people are afraid to say I'm struggling with this. 
and it's uh, this addiction, and I know the right things to do, but I'm not doing them. So yeah. I appreciate all the advice. Well, I think that's right, and I, I think you are making the right steps, and I wouldn't even say that home is wrong. I mean, you know, again, you're holding it loosely saying, God, how can I use this asset, this home, not only for us as a place to live, but as a blessing to other people and for God's service. And you absolutely can do that. But I think the key is where the conviction is coming. You need to lean into that and say, Lord, what is it you're saying to me? And how can I order my life and my handling of your finances in a way that brings you glory where I'm demonstrating that you're my true treasure and not the things of this world as we cultivate an eternal perspective. Hey, thanks for bringing this up today. It's an important topic, and I appreciate your call. We'll be right back. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. If the heavy burden of debt is robbing you of freedom and peace of mind, Christian credit counselors can help. We're a nationwide nonprofit credit counseling organization that has helped over 300,000 individuals in the last 27 years get out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring that debt in full. To learn how Christian credit counselors can help you, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org or call 800-557-1985. You're listening to Faith and Finance, where we talk about how we handle God's resources. How are you using God's resources? We're talking about it, and the lines are open to take your calls and questions. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Let's head back to the phones. Kathy's in Strongville, Ohio. Go right ahead. Hi. So I have a second home for about 15 years now. It's been used as a rental home. Uh, but currently, my son's been living there the last couple years. Well, I would really like to sell the home uh, because I need the cash. I need a new car. I'd like to get sell the house and, and get the money out of it. But in the meantime, my son really needs a place to live, and rents are so high everywhere. So I've been hearing commercials on the radio all the time for this company called Truehold that basically buys your home and then lets you continue to live there. You pay rent. They, they take care of the maintenance and pay the property taxes. I don't know if that would apply because I wouldn't be the one living there. It would be my son. And if you've heard of this company and what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, uh, I am familiar with it. I don't know much about them, so I would do quite a bit of research just to read reviews, and you could even check Better Business Bureau and some things like that. Essentially, their model is a sale leaseback, as you described. So they buy the home at 100% of its value, and then the homeowners stay as renters for as long as they'd like, and there would be probably annual escalations uh, tied to the consumer price index or uh, you know some base 
basis for them to increase the the rent or the lease payments over time. Uh, so this would allow you to get your cash out of it. You would need to ask that question as to whether or not you can have somebody else live there, a family member, and I suspect um, you could. And it would essentially accomplish this purpose. I mean, you know, typically I would say, uh, you know, you may want to you know, look at if you want to hold on to the property just for the purpose of uh, renting it out, uh, you know, I'd much prefer you own it free and clear or, uh, you know, get a mortgage on it, but keep the title to it as opposed to turning it over to somebody else who now essentially owns the property and is leasing it to you. Um, but, you know, if that's going to help you to get more cash out and accomplish your purposes, you certainly could do that. And then you would just have to abide by those lease terms until such time as you were ready to move on. Um, so I don't have any problem with the concept uh, as long as you do your, uh, you know, research and due diligence on this particular company. Interesting. Okay. Thanks for your help. Okay, Kathy. Thanks for calling today. We appreciate it. Uh, to New Orleans. Hi, Lynn. Go right ahead. Hey there. Um, so me and my husband are preppers and we prepare for everything. And with the economy going south like it is now, um, we try to think ahead. So the stock market was crashing and um, it's not doing good at all. People are losing their pensions. So I pulled all my money out of my retirement, went ahead and paid the taxes on it, pulled it out, and I used that to buy <clears throat> physical gold and silver. Um, and meanwhile, I am buying things to make myself self-sufficient. But I'm considering, should I sell some of that physical gold and get the value out of it now while gold's up a little bit to pay off that debt and go ahead and get that out of the way and then maybe use the extra money to buy physical things that I could use around the house in case things go bad, I can buy like a generator or I can buy um, stuff that I will need if something happens that I can yeah. use at the house, physical items. Um, sure. Yeah, I think the challenge is it's, it's kind of somewhat of a what we call a binary trap where we're kind of presented with, uh, do I do this or that? And there's so many other alternatives. And, and you've obviously positioned yourself based on a belief system uh, around where things are headed and what's going on. And, you know, I would say as the steward, as long as you're reading God's word and you're seeking wise counsel and you're really praying through this, ultimately, that's between you and the Lord, kind of how you position yourself uh, in terms of, you know, handling God's money. I I disagree with a, a lot of, the, you know, several of the hypotheses you've put out, but that's okay. I mean, we can, I think, respectfully disagree with one another just in terms, I mean, you said stock market's crashing. Well, it's actually up 8% this year, and although it's down a, a good bit and, and it will probably retest its October lows, I believe it will fully recover and move to new highs once we see the end, once we get into the recession that we, everybody believes is coming and we know the Fed's done raising rates, which we've probably already gotten there. Yes, gold is high. Uh, I think we you know, are still the biggest economy in the world and uh, our ingenuity and our ability to make hard decisions, if we have the right leaders, God-fearing leaders in place, um, you know, will prevent uh, anything catastrophic that may happen in terms of uh, the economy coming crumbling down, the dollar being worthless. I mean, we're there's not anywhere anybody even close to being able to replace the 
U.S. dollar right now. Uh, so, you know, my, from my perspective, and again, I think each steward needs to be on his, his or her knees before the Lord saying, Lord, what would you have me to do? So I completely respect where you're at, you know, so long as you're praying through that and really seeking uh, the Lord in these decisions. Um, but what I would say just in terms of prudent wisdom, at least from my vantage point, I wouldn't be exiting the banking system. I wouldn't be exiting the stock market in light of inflation. I think your very best opportunity to grow the resources God has entrusted to you is in a properly diversified stock and bond portfolio. And I would keep my money in the bank. Now, given the decisions you've made, and I certainly understand that, now given this opportunity to say, do I sell the gold or not in order to pay off the debt? Well, I wouldn't be that highly concentrated in gold in the first place. It's very difficult to liquidate. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, you've, you've diminished your liquid assets. You've taken a huge hit from a tax standpoint when you exited those retirement accounts. Now they don't have the ability to recover. Would I like for you to be debt free? And is it wise to invest in tangible assets that could be sold and converted to cash? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, would you rather be in gold? Uh, you know, I, I probably am, am going to not weigh in on that one, just kind of given, I think you just need to continue to think and pray through this as to the direction you'd like to go from here. I, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other as to sell the gold and, and buy physical assets versus not. Um, you know, I think at this point, just as long as you're really trusting the Lord for, uh, you know, his sovereignty and uh, his provision in your life, I think that's the key idea here that we all need to start with because God owns it all and we're the stewards and someday we're going to stand before him and give an account. And um, so we need to be doing what we feel a conviction to do uh, based on the leading of the Holy Spirit and seeking counsel and trusting uh, his word. So listen, all the best to you guys, Lynn. I really appreciate you being on the program today and sharing your thoughts and ideas. And if we can ever serve you in the days ahead, don't hesitate to reach out. May God bless you. Well, folks, that's going to do it for us today. So thankful to have you along with us. As always, want to say thanks to my team, Gabby T, uh, Dan Anderson, Abby, uh, Amy Rios is her name. Couldn't do it without them. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you. 